Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's it up to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-back attack. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. On today's episode of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast, a recap of the shutout win, 20-0 victory over the Detroit Lions in Week 11, and a preview of the matchup versus the Minnesota Vikings in week 12 and welcome back to another edition of the believe in carolina panthers podcast i am your host desmond johnson i am joined by my esteemed colleague a 13-year nfl veteran two-time super bowl champion the first defensive player ever selected by the carolina panthers in the first round of the 1995 nfl draft tyrone pool what's going on ty how's your week man i mean all is well desmond all is well always good to Talk to all of the Carolina Believe in Carolina Panther hopefuls. Keep pounding. So we got a uh, great week here, a holiday week. Uh, actually, you know, normally we drop these on Thursdays of each week, but with the holiday coming up here, happy Thanksgiving uh, to every uh, Panther yes. fan, player, staff, coach, everybody yes. that's out there in the in the world. It's been a yes. Been a been a long, rough year. Uh, it's almost <laughs> over, and you know, hopefully, everybody will get a chance to get some turkey and uh, mashed potatoes. And I'm already plotting out what I'm cooking for dinner uh, a couple of days out. So I got a, a, a seven pound turkey breast thawing out in the refrigerator right now. So <laughs> deep fry it. You gonna deep fry that turkey? Man, my wife is scared to let me deep fry anything. That's a that's a whole other story that I'll have to tell you about one day. That, um, <laughs> but not yet. But yeah, I, I would love to, but yeah, I don't think she's gonna let me get away with it. I might just stick it in the crock pot and see what I'm happens. Pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure some Panther fan listening. They're like, "Hey, yes, you missed out because I'm gonna deep fry my turkey." Man, I, my my dad has done it a few times. He's got one of these infrared joints, so I might uh might see what he's up to. Uh, and because we're going to bring them some plates since we can't really all get together this year. But good news, victory victory week this week for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, snapped a five-game losing streak. The Panthers 20-0 to winners over the the visiting Detroit Lions to move to 4-7 and seven on the season. It was the first shutout for the Carolina Panthers since the 2015 season uh, when they shut out the Atlanta Falcons 38-0. to mm. And it, it was only the second shutout in the NFL this entire season, Tyrone. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I know me and you both have been kind of hard on the defense, especially the past couple of You've weeks. Been with, hard uh, defense, <laughs> yeah, I was trying to spread it out a little bit. It was me. It was me. Yeah, <laughs> but it was justified though. They they weren't playing up to their what I thought was their potential, and I was so happy to see uh, a full game effort by the the Panthers defense this Sunday. Just all around from beginning to end, just dominating performance against the Detroit Lions. And before I turn it over to you to give uh, your first takeaway, I do got to say to uh, people that are out there going, oh, well, it was just the Detroit Lions. Man, Detroit was four and five coming into this game and it won four straight. Like they were better than us. <laughs> so for people to say that, oh, well, it was just Detroit, it, it ain't as big of a deal. Every win is a big deal in the NFL and the Panthers needed it. Yeah, the Panthers needed this win bad. So. Uh, I'm gonna start off with you like I usually do, Tyrone. Uh, we always start off with our takeaways from the previous Sunday's matchup, and then we give a preview of uh, the upcoming week. 
Uh, the Panthers, man, going, they won't yes. have a bye until after this week. It's been so long, uh, and they need it. They're kind of banged yes. up a little bit. But uh, starting off, first te- your first takeaway from Panthers versus Lions, the 20-0 to shutout uh, from the Carolina Panthers this Sunday. Well, that's just it. My first turkey league, like John Madden would say, Pat hey. Summerall, my first turkey league is going to that shutout. You know, anytime in the NFL you can shut a team out, you know, that's – that's unbelievable. It's not only it's hard to win games in the NFL, but it's it's hard to shut teams out. And when you shut a team out, that just actually just says kudos to uh, the defense. So my turkey league, uh, first turkey league, is going out to the uh, defense, the entire defense, uh, for that uh, shutout. And there was, a, there was a couple of names that we'll uh, rattle off here in a sec that was on that defensive unit for Carolina uh, this Sunday that that showed up big on the screen. Um, before I get to my takeaway, I do need to mention our sponsor at uh, Bet Online. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, my first takeaway from Panthers Lions, the 20-0 to shutout. The Panthers shot through on the Detroit Lions here. My first, uh, my first take was that the Carolina. We went into this game, and I heard so many people talking about how if Teddy Bridgewater didn't play, that we were going to be basically screwed. Uh, we didn't really know what we had in our backup quarterback position, but we know now the Panthers have a more than adequate backup quarterback in PJ Walker. Uh, Twenty-four for thirty-four, two hundred fifty-eight yards. He had a touchdown. Had two questionable uh, interception throws in the end zone. Uh, both of those interceptions, interceptions looked bad, uh, especially the second one. I'm not sure. It looked almost like miscommunication, like the receiver was going one way and PJ thought he was going the other. Uh, that's the only thing I can use to explain like what it was because there was nobody there uh, except for two <laughs> Lion defenders towards the back of the end zone. But that didn't affect the game. Um, the announcers, uh, Chris Spielman in particular, was talking about it during the game that the Panther coaches had said that PJ Walker had the strongest arm on the team. And it didn't take long to see that. The second drive of the first quarter, uh, P.J. launches a beautiful 54-yard throw to D.J. Moore over the shoulder that kind of set the tone for the rest of the day. Um, it, it was it was nice. It was nice seeing another guy that can step in in case something happens to Teddy, if he gets hurt, if he gets injured. And I don't have to feel worried that the offense is going to take a, a, a drop. If anything, it almost looked identical to when Teddy was out there. Um, very accurate. Uh, PJ was more prone to throw it down the field, which I liked. He didn't really check down a lot most of the game. He was trying to look downfield, uh, and it opened up the offense, which we saw. But uh, I, I was very impressed with uh, backup quarterback PJ Walker, and we'll see if he's going to uh, get the start this week against the Vikings. Uh, Teddy's still day to day, but between me and you, Tyrone, uh, the Vikings are the team that drafted Teddy Bridgewater. And I think we've talked about this before when you, when uh, you've mentioned playing against teams that you've played for, how you kind of get up for those a little bit more than normal. I would imagine Teddy's going to do everything he possibly can uh, to play this Sunday in Minnesota against the Vikings. I, I would imagine, unless the, the injury is uh, worse than we thought. Yeah, definitely. I believe Teddy's going to be ready to go, ready to play. He want to play. Like you said, that's a familiar team. But, you know, just talking about P.J. Walker, you know, let's 
fans, let's not forget, you know, PJ does have a little bit of history with uh, Matt Rule. Uh, he was with Matt Rule at Temple. So Matt knew what he had in uh, PJ. So I'm pretty sure he just felt comfortable. I know when the fans first saw PJ uh, come in when Teddy got hurt against Tampa Bay, they're like, oh, my goodness, is that what we got to look forward to? <laughs> but, uh, you know, PJ showed up. And, 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 you know, here's the other thing. There's not a lot of footage on PJ. So, you know, it's almost like it's, it was expected for him to have the game that he had. Now, let's see how he does uh, now that he has footage and Vikings get an opportunity to see how the Panthers are going to use him if he plays and Teddy doesn't play. But I'm pretty sure Teddy's going to do everything he can uh, to, to be ready to play. Uh, but if P.J. were to play, it will be very interesting to see uh, what he is able to do since he has en uh, enough game footage. So this is going to be an exciting game this week. Uh, you got one player who used to play with this uh, Vikings, um, who's Teddy Bridgewater. And now you got a quarterback that if Teddy doesn't play, you got a quarterback who had a pretty good, decent game uh, coming up in the past week and against the Lions. And it's going to be interesting to see if PJ can keep that going. So, you know, it's a lot of excitement headed into a storyline, should I say, headed into this Vikings game. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And uh, one of the things, too, that I noticed um, very early, it was like they were trying to make sure P.J. was comfortable in the offense. I loved the game Joe Brady called. Uh, I think it was the best game he called all year as offensive coordinator. They ran a lot. They they rushed for over 30 attempts in the game, uh, which if you've watched the Panthers this year, that's, that's, that's a lot. It seems like they kind of rely more on the short pass when Teddy's in there. But it felt like Sunday they were really trying to establish a run game uh, Mike Davis had 19 carries, 64 yards. Uh, everyone got involved uh, in this uh, this game, and by doing that, it kind of kept the, the Lions on their heels a little bit. But again, the story of the of the day was the Carolina defense leaving their mark. Uh, last week, after the the horrible loss to uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Shaq Thompson, linebacker uh, for the Panthers and one of the leaders on this team. Uh, had been reported that he had cussed the, the defense out in the locker room last week. And I mentioned on Twitter that that must have been the, the most epic cuss out of all time because they went from being just horrific on third down and just couldn't get off the field to basically just having boardroom meetings on top of Matthew Stafford for most of the day. Like they were just all meeting in the second in the back, uh, the backfield and converging. And once it started, you could kind of feel it like it was like a like an avalanche, like once once Brian Burns got back there a couple of times and then Effie got back there and uh, your turd gross Matos, the rookie, he got a half sack. I mean, it just became a sack party um, and it was great. It was it was like almost like the seal got broken because Carolina had been struggling uh, to get sacks. I think they only had 11 sacks in 10 games going into that game, uh, left that game with five sacks uh, in one game. So. Uh, the, the Detroit Lions offensive line looks so confused. Um, and Brian Burns mentioned that in the post-game press conference. He said they had a great game plan. Uh, flowers to defensive coordinator Phil Snow. He said he had drawn up a lot of uh, different-looking uh, exotic-type blitz schemes and uh, just a great blitz design by Phil Snow. I, I was As I was watching it on my TV, just kind of seeing what they were doing with stunts and just getting guys in. But Brian Burns put in work on Sunday. He He's doing this little... This little thing where he like uh, he 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 starts in a standing position. He rushes the tackle and he kind of dips his shoulder underneath 
to either get around him or get by him. And then after a point, the tackle started expecting it, and Burns was able to just kind of mix up his bag and just start running by guys to get back there. Uh, the best game Brian Burns has played uh, in his two years as a pro for sure. Five tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss. He had four quarterback hits. Um, hopefully it starts a nice little streak for Brian Burns. Trey Boston called him the defensive leader uh, you know, after the game, which is great for a guy that's only in his second year in the league. And, Ty, this guy could be downright scary if, uh, he, if he's going to play like this going forward. Yeah, uh, Brian Burns, he's one of my favorite guys, along with Bostic. And, you know, those guys kind of really get that defense going. Uh, Shaq Thompson. So, um, you know, that team meeting is what we call it. Uh, when you talk about, you know, the, the, the loud, not vulgar, but the, the, the intensity of the uh, conversation within the team. Uh, I'm pretty sure they probably had a team meeting and said, hey, guys, look, we're better than this. So let's go out here and play it. You know, Coach Rule, you know, they come week in and week out to put the game plan together, and we're not executing. So it's up on us. And and that's what you need. That's what happens when you have veterans, you know, guys, even though the Panthers are a young team, still they have guys that have experience uh, as far as on the field experience. So you don't necessarily have to have an old veteran. Uh, but I do prefer veteran leadership, guys that have been there, especially when you get into the playoffs. That's when that veteran leadership really comes in. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Panthers uh, continue to, you know, find that sack happy way and continue to shut teams out. So this should get them a vote of confidence uh, going into um, the Minnesota Vikings. But I will say this, that defense also and the offense, uh, the offense held the ball for 36 minutes. So that means that the defense was off the field for 36 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is very, 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 very crucial. Uh, The Panthers offense has 70 plays and the defense only played 55 because the Vikings offense only had 55 and the Vikings defense actually had to play 70 snaps. So, you know, again, my, 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 my theory is the defense were like cheetahs and cheetahs only have a certain amount of energy for a certain amount of time. And if we don't catch that prey within that time, even in the wild, you start to see that cheetah slow down. And that prey says, oh, I made it. I made it to see and fight another day. So when you give your defense rest, this are the thing, these are the things that can happen. You probably won't get a shutout out every week, but you will get a great performance on defense every week. And, and you touched on that in our, uh, our episode last week after uh, the, the Carolina-Tampa uh, game, that the defense was just out there way too much and getting worn down. Uh, and then this week, like you said, uh, you know, the, the Carolina offense stayed out on the, on the field a lot longer, partly due to what I was mentioning. It felt like they were more – they were emphasizing the run game more to just kind of – I wouldn't say slow the game down, but just to kind of give it a, a nice pace for P.J. to get comfortable. And I loved what they did the first couple of plays with him. The very first play of the game was basically just like a, like a smoke route. Like he basically just took one step back and slung it to the left uh, to D.J. Moore, just to kind of – a simple toss, just to kind of get him going a little bit. So that by the time they went back out there for that second drive, PJ was ready to uncork it, and he he uncorked one of the prettiest passes over the shoulder to DJ Moore that I've seen this year, uh, fifty plus yards. Like I said, set the tone uh, for the day. Um, they held the Lions, the Panther defense, and this is odd considering the Panther defense they were they were on pace to to notch a historic level of third down 
uh, conversion rate as a defense. Like they were above 55%. Like there hasn't been a team, I believe over 50 or 51%, like in the history of the NFL. So the Panthers were trending in the wrong direction when it comes to that stat. But on Sunday, it was like night and day. They held the Lions to three to three of 14 on third down conversions, five sacks total. Uh, they forced the Lions to punt six times. Uh, keep in mind, this is a team that went through a stretch where they played like two or three games and only allowed like two punts like the entire time. So it just it just felt like we were watching two different units out there. Um, something else I noticed, too, and I was harping on this guy big time last week. Tahir Whitehead did not play. Um, he was on the injury report for most of the week with a rib injury and was listed as questionable going into Sunday, uh, did not play. And to be honest, the defense looked way better. Um, it just, just se- I don't know if it was so much with him being out, but I, I was not happy with him and his play last week and through most of the season. It just kind of felt like he was just out there. And it looked like Marquise Haynes uh, and other linebacker Shaq Thompson, those guys stepped up in his absence. And I'm curious to see if Whitehead will will be back in the starting lineup going forward after this performance. It's pretty telltale that they played this way uh, with him sitting on the sideline. So we'll, we'll see what they do regarding uh, Whitehead. Um, they, they held the Lions to only 185 yards total and zero points, which rarely happens in the NFL. I, I know in this video game generation that, you know, seeing 20 to nothing for somebody younger might be like, oh, well, that's not a big deal. It's a huge deal. Like, it's a huge deal to shut out an NFL team, regardless if they're – I don't care if they're the New York Jets. Like it's hard to to keep a team out of the end zone in the NFL the way the rules are uh, that lean towards offensive play and more scores. So what the Panthers did on Sunday, I you know I have to applaud and tip my hat to both sides or all three phases: offense, defense, special teams. They all played really, really well. Um, I will say my final takeaway from the game though was that the the Panthers are still consistently inconsistent, and by that I mean that when they are good. They're really good. Like when you see them and they're like lathered up and they're kind of in a rhythm and they're going, there's not really an offense in the league, save for maybe Kansas City, that I would say that, you know, would be having an easier time moving the ball up and down the field. The Panthers have a lot of weapons. And uh, when they when they realize that, like they did on Sunday and they spread it around, the wide receiving core got busy on, on Sunday. They're really good. But that can change from drive to drive. Like it can be one drive where – like in the second quarter, P.J. drove him down 90, 95, 98 yards for that first touchdown, uh, the longest drive they've had all year. They look great doing it. Or it can be, you know, P.J. drives him down the field and throws an interception in the back of the end zone, which he did twice uh, on Sunday on two on two plays. that I just, I've watched him over and over, and I just can't figure out where he was trying to go with the football. But, again, that could be lack of snaps, lack of first-string uh, first snaps for P.J., he didn't even know he was playing. Like, he didn't even know he was starting until, you know, Sunday morning. So he he just had to basically pick up a helmet and, and go. And that might have been a good thing for him. He didn't have a couple of days to really sit there and think about what was going to be going on and getting bogged down with that and just go out there and be loose and just play. Um, if the defense could play like this with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, the Panthers become a team to me that teams don't want to see late in the season because the offense looked fine. Look pretty much the way it does normally when Teddy's back there, but the defense was the the big difference. And there's been a handful of games this year, Tyrone, where we probably should have won them, but the defense just couldn't stop anybody from scoring. If the defense can just give me this kind of effort each week, this is a totally different Panthers team.
Well, I understand where you're coming from. And, again, I always believe that a great defense is a great offense and a great offense is a great defense. So these guys have to play together. Uh, you can't have an offense that go out. You mentioned the word inconsistent. Uh, inconsistency on offense can create inconsistency on defense. So uh, consistent offense will create a consistent defense. So if the offense goes out and continue to play like they played, uh, mixing up the calls, staying with the run game. Cause let's not forget Joe Brady, he loves to throw the ball. Even if you look at PJ, he still threw the ball a lot. Even yeah. though that was his first start, he still threw the ball a lot. So that's what Joe Brady does. That's, you know, he is who we thought he was. He, you know, that's, that's, that's his system. But if he can just, hey, mix in that run, uh, throw the ball 50, 50, 60, 40, whatever the case may be, give that defense time to rest. And that's what the run game does. It, it it takes time to run the ball. Then everybody gets up off the ground. You walk back to the huddle. That takes time versus you go three straight downs of throwing. You know, that's not enough time for your defense to recover. So, you know, consistency stays with the play calling. Consistency stays with the offense executing. Then I think the consistency will stay with defense. Panthers rushed for 116 yards on the day on Sunday, uh, and the Panther defense held the Lions to only 40 yards on the ground, uh, 145 yards in the air. Just a complete and total dominant effort uh, by the Panthers defense uh, to to just basically turn this into Detroit was just having trouble, like just moving the ball, like moving the chains. Like they just had trouble all day, could never really get in rhythm. And then again, once Brian Burns kind of got back there and uh, – it was like the Lions offensive line didn't know where it was coming from like a lot of the times. And it, it was just great to watch. It was really, really great to watch. Um, still some things, again, you know, with the consistently inconsistent uh, comment that I was making before. Panthers still had seven penalties for 45 yards. They did have the two interceptions thrown. Um, the offensive line deserves some flowers this week. They only allowed one sack, which is great for uh, P.J. Walker, who was starting his first NFL game. We'll say PJ did have experience in the XFL. I know it's a different level of competition, but uh, the team he was leading, I think it was Houston, uh, he was like 4-0, 5-0 before the season got shut down and was the leading MVP candidate uh, in the XFL. And matter of fact, I saw something really cool on Twitter before we started this this morning. The last time PJ Walker lost a football game uh, was when he was at Temple under head coach Matt Rule of the Panthers, who was the Temple head coach, and they lost to Wake Forest uh, here in the uh, the ACC in a, a bowl game a couple years ago. So that was the last time P.J. Walker actually lost a uh, official football game a couple years back. So I thought that was pretty cool uh, tie-in for uh, all the Demon Deacon fans here in the area that are also Panther fans too. Looking forward here, uh, this upcoming Sunday, the Panthers hit the road, taking on the Minnesota Vikings at 1 p.m. on Fox Sunday um, a quick injury report before we get into a quick preview for that game. ESPN's Adam Schefter reported on Monday that the Panthers head coach Matt Rule uh, considers running back Christian McCaffrey week to week. Uh, but I, I thought it was thought it was pretty uh, interesting that they also said he's unlikely to play Sunday versus the Vikings. And they said this on Monday, like at the beginning of the week. Um, so I would not expect to see Christian playing. It sounds like they're trying to get him to the bye. The bye is the next week, so we'll get an extra two weeks to get rested. It's an AC joint sprain is the official injury for McCaffrey. Um, and better safe than sorry. So keeping him out this week, then they'll have the bye the following week. 
Um, and then ho uh, hopefully, you know, by week 14, we can see what they're going to do uh, regarding McCaffrey going forward. The Vikings actually announced on Monday that their wide receiver, Adam Thielen, has been placed on reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean he's contracted coronavirus. It means either he has tested positive or he's been in close contact with someone who has tested positive for the virus. Uh, this list is different than IR. He can actually return this week for this game. It's a huge loss for the Vikings if he's out. He's one of uh, Kirk Cousins' top targets in the passing game. Uh, but I thought that was an interesting note there that uh, Cousins might be without one of his top targets, and we'll keep an eye on that throughout the rest of the week. <clears throat> keys to the game versus the Minnesota Vikings. I'll let you go first here, Tyrone. What's uh, one of the main keys looking forward here to this, uh, this kickoff 1 p.m. Sunday on Fox? Well, I think just consistency with um, building off of the Lions game and uh, just breaking down the Vikings. You know, they are who they are. Um, you know, Cook, you know, he's explosive. I really think they're going to stop their running game. And if the Panthers don't keep consistency like they did with the Lions, I think it will be a long day in the running game. The Vikings are a real good team their their record may not show it but they are still kind of like in the playoff hunt and you know they real have they really have expectations uh they have a great coach so you know you're not getting a team that basically hey we, we, we should beat this team and i think they're better than the, uh, the lions uh so you're gonna get a different uh team uh when the panthers go to play the uh, Vikings. So I, I just think with consistency and, you know, with that, with that top receiver being out, I think the, the, that puts a little bit of, of, of ease with the secondary and they can probably come up with a game plan to really try to shut down and focus more on that Vikings uh, running game. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what field snow does to slow down Cook. Dalvin Cook might be, Tyrone, the best running back in the National Football League this season. He's second in the league in rushing yards with 1,069 um, in nine games. However, the leader right now is Derrick Henry with the uh, Titans. He's got 10 yards more, 1,079 yards, but he's done that in an extra game. He's done that in 10 games, not nine. So uh, Dalvin Cook getting busy. Last week, he uh 27 carries and 115 yards with a touchdown uh, versus Dallas. Um, very, very good uh, running back. He's averaging 118 yards rushing per game. He's already got 13 touchdowns on the season, and he's averaging about 5.3 yards a clip whenever he touches the ball uh, rushing it. So, uh, yeah, I agree. One of, one of my main keys, contain running back Dalvin Cook. The Panthers have been known to get gashed by, uh, by running backs. Uh, Todd Gurley comes to mind from earlier in the year when we played Atlanta. Uh, God is pretty good. Uh, it, depending on the scheme of whatever Phil Snow puts together uh, that these 11 guys on defense will uh, come around, rally around, and believe in, I think our linebacking core is going to be very important this Sunday in terms of trying to contain Dalvin Cook. I'm hoping for a huge game uh, from Shaq Thompson and Jeremy Chin, who is a safety, but they put him in the box a lot to help defend the run. Uh, so I expect a lot of eight-man uh, box fronts from Carolina and and basically dare Kirk Cousins to beat you. Um, the the Vikings started off one and five this season, and part of that was because of Kirk Cousins' play. He threw ten interceptions in those six games. Uh, they had their bye, and then they they came out and they won three straight uh, before losing to Dallas 
last Sunday. Uh, so the the Vikings have kind of you know leveled the ship a little bit. They're at four and six, uh, still on the fringe of the playoff hunt. But of course, but hey, Carolina at four and seven, they're on the fringe of the playoff hunt too. Like the the season changed after last week in terms of uh, where the Panthers were, in terms of possibly slipping into that playoff spot. Keep in mind, Panther fans, that this year is a little different. Each conference, the AFC and the NFC, there is not just six teams to get in. They've added an extra team for each conference. So there's a seventh uh, seed that will make the playoffs uh, going forward. So it opens up a whole lot of possibilities, even though we're probably going to have a a five-win NFC East champion <laughs> hosting a playoff game, uh, which is crazy. Um, there'll be multiple wild cards uh, to get in. So... Uh, this has become this becomes a crucial game in the NFC, uh, Tyrone. Uh, that many people have circled. The winner of this game starts to put themselves in a a, a nice position looking forward over the uh, the last third of the season. Yeah, I think you know it's it's it, you know it's possible to get three teams out of one uh, division. You know, of course, the Saints. You know, they're going to be there. Uh, Tampa Bay. They're not going to be too far away. And then uh, the Panthers, and then you go over to the uh, North, of course, Green Bay, uh, and then either Minnesota, or Detroit. So uh, this game is it, important to both teams, but I think Minnesota really uh, looking at this really, really hard. And this is not to say that the Panthers are not, but one thing I think the Panthers should do is to try to take advantage of this Minnesota's young defense. Now, these guys, when you have youthfulness on your side, sometimes you can become overconfident. And the last couple of games, you know, they showed it against Dallas. You know, they let Andy Dalton just throw the ball everywhere. And, of course, um, Ezekiel Elliott uh, had uh, up to 180-something yard rushing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe Mike Davis can get his ground pound game going and pound that Vikings offense in. A defense, should I say, and this will allow the Panthers' defense to be restful so that when they do go up against Cook, they're able to play with energy and get to the uh, A, B, C, D gap before the actual running back gets there himself. So I think with this young defense of the Vikings, I would like to see uh, Joe Brady. I would like to see uh, if it's P.J. or Teddy Bridgewater you know, take advantage of the game that DJ Moore just had. And, yeah. you know, uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, you know he's one of the top receivers now. He's playing with confidence. You know what he can do. And then Curtis Samuel. So, uh, and then, of course, in the passing game, which we know Joe Brady likes to throw the ball, you're going to dump some passes too, Mike Davis. So, uh, you know, run it, throw it, take advantage of this young defense of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I would agree with that. The, Vi- the Vikings defense is very young and uh... – the Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer commented on that after their game Sunday, uh, basically echoing what you said uh, when asked about it. He said he thought that maybe some of the players were starting to fill their own selves a little bit after the three game win streak on defense and that Dallas just, you know, just took it to them um, on Sunday. And that was at Minnesota. So that was a home game that they had that happening in. Uh, this is also in Minnesota a 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox Sunday after all of us will still be dining on turkey sandwiches and cranberries and everything else throughout the course of this uh, this extended holiday weekend. Um, 
I, I do agree uh, with you in terms of uh, the Panthers need to continue to do what they did last week, and that's put an emphasis on the run game uh, for us. Run the ball on these Vikings, they can be had. Um, they seem to emphasize that against the Lions. I want them to do the exact same versus the Vikings. And really, all I'm looking for is just some sort of carryover from the previous week. And I know that that typically does not happen, but I, I mean more in terms of just the 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 level of intensity and fun that it felt like they were having on Sunday. Like Sunday was the first week all year where it felt like the Panther defense was having fun out there. Like they were high-fiving and, you know, two, three guys are meeting up with uh, Matthew Stafford in the backfield and the running backs can't get out. Peter Adrian Peterson was a non-factor. Like it just felt like the defense was just clicking on all cylinders. Uh, the front seven, the secondary, everybody was complimenting each other. And and it was great. It warmed my heart to see that the Panther defense had finally, it's almost like a, a switch kind of went off, like a light switch or something. And people were just doing their jobs. They were doing their assignments. And when you see it all happening together, all 11 players doing it together at once, then you start seeing the, the, the beauty of Phil Snow's scheme and everything else. And they did this without their number one cornerback. Dante Jackson didn't play last week. So they might, I haven't seen anything because it's still early in the week. Uh, the Pan- with the Panthers have not put out anything yet. They haven't practiced yet uh, for the week. They'll be doing that here on uh, a little bit later on today on Tuesday. Uh, I have not seen anything about Dante Jackson and his status for this upcoming week. I hope that the week off gave him a chance to really heal, but I would imagine they might treat him the same way they do Christian McCaffrey and just get him to the bye week. Uh, from everything I've heard, toe injuries, especially for a cornerback, can be really painful and and, and linger for a long period of time. So it might be best to you know let him sit again and get him to the bye week, get him that extra week of rest so that toe can try to start healing a little bit and then bring him back fresh for week 14 uh, along with CMC. A guy we didn't mention um, from the Lions game on Sunday that I think can have a huge impact on this game against the Vikings is uh, Justin Burris. Justin Burris had a, a great game Sunday. Uh, against the Lions, he leapt, he leaped off the TV. He had six tackles. He had one tackle for loss. He had two passes defended. But Tyrone, it felt like he was in every big play, like every big defensive stop. He was on the the frame, <laughs> or he was the tackler, or he was nearby. Like it just felt like he was just everywhere. Him and Burns, like all Sunday, it just felt like some, a, a big play by Burris, a big play by Burns, a big play by Burris, and it just kind of went back and forth and. It felt like a little bit, and maybe you can talk to this a bit, it almost felt like the defense felt a little bit more juiced up with him out there. Like, it just felt like they had a little bit more electricity, a little more pep in their step from from snap one, having some of those horses in there that they normally don't have. Yeah, anytime it's, uh, it's always good to see number 31 on the roster and uh, number one in the heart of uh, everybody. Uh, Panther fans, it's always good to see him on the field. Of course, like you said, he had five total tackles. Uh, one assist, but anytime you have your guys out there on the field, everyone, uh, the unit that started the season, uh, when you see them all playing together, that's the reason why, you know, you, you try to get the, uh, I call it soot. You try to get people on your squad, whether it's the team as a whole or offensive defense, guys speaking the same language, understanding the same way, thinking the same way on every defensive play, every offensive play, every team meeting. That's 
how you build championships. That's how you get shout outs, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, like I said, number 31 on the roster, but uh, number one in everybody's heart, uh, Justin Burris, you know, he uh, he brings what he brings to the table. And, you know, it's crazy. Remember back the first four or five, six games of the of the season, uh, a weird stat that was standing out. The Panthers had a top 10 defense and a uh, pass defense. Um, and we couldn't really figure out how, <laughs> like, it was just like, how's this happening? And they stayed there for a while. And, uh, Matt rule actually mentioned a couple of weeks ago when Burris, uh, was out injured, he mentioned it in his press conference. He was like, you know, when we had that top 10, top 15 ranking and pass coverage, it was when Justin Burris was back there with us. Like he made a point to mention it. And, uh, you know, he was out for a couple of weeks with an injury, came back, uh, played well, and then this Sunday just played off the charts well, was a difference maker on defense. And you could just tell the difference on the defensive side. And again, once those things start clicking, once you start getting Burns coming around that edge, who who's he's been Burns has been on the edge of stardom to me really since last year. It always felt like he he's just, you know, a game away from or he's just like an inch or two away from getting that sack, or it's gonna happen. And defensive coordinator Phil Snow mentioned that too in his press conference after the game where he basically said, you know, he'd been telling everybody Brian Burns is about to blow up, like in terms of being a star in this league. And it was just a matter of time before he was going to have a three sack game. He almost had it uh, this past week. Maybe he can bother Kirk cousins a little bit in Minnesota and keep that vibe going. But uh, I'm very, very, very pleased with uh, the former first round defensive end, from Florida State that uh, general manager Marty Herney fell in love with and drafted two years ago. Uh, a lot of first-rounders that Marty Herney has drafted uh, affecting the the fortunes of this team, or just higher draft picks, I should say, in terms of DJ Moore, uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, Shaq Thompson, um, Dante Jackson when he's out there, and you know a lot of guys that they pulled basically off the street that are filling in these roles here, like Rasheel Douglas and – uh, Justin Burris, they're they're just starting to con- they're starting to congeal into a group. Uh, it took them a little over half the season, and they battled a lot of injuries and a lot of people in and out of the lineup. But yes, uh, Sunday was the first complete game I think the Panthers played uh, pretty much all year, and I'm hoping they can continue that going forward um, against the Vikings. Huge game playoff implications. Uh, which sounds crazy to say, but it's true. Panthers coming into this game four and seven. The Vikings four and six. One p.m. kickoff on Fox this upcoming Sunday. It's a road game for the Carolina Panthers. Again, they'll be without star running back Christian McCaffrey. Um, he has been listed as week to week by head coach Matt Rule. Um, they they are sitting him for this game with an AC joint sprain in his shoulder. Uh, the Panthers have a bye the uh, next week. So we'll see if he'll be available for week 14. And again, the Vikings announced on Monday that wide receiver Adam Thielen has been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list, which could be huge uh, for the Panthers defense and their scheme. Figuring that out, uh, Thielen, one of the top wide receivers in the entire game, uh, huge loss if he is out. Uh, how are you feeling about this game as we uh, get out of here, Ty? Um, do you think it's going to be a another 2020 Panthers high scoring back and forth type game? Or do you think that the Panthers can take a little bit from what they did on Sunday and learn from it and, and maybe duplicate what they did uh, a couple days ago. Well, I think basically you still got team, two teams that are still trying to find themselves. You still got a team with the Minnesota Vikings that actually that defense is not as good as it wants to be. And you got a defense and the offense with the Carolina Panthers that 
uh, is inconsistent. And uh, Vikings, you know, they're playing at home. And without the fans, I still think when you play at home, you kind of just get up a little bit more for the game. You don't have to worry about traveling on that plane. You have to worry about a lot of things when you're playing at home that you have to worry about on the road. So uh, the Panthers, I think they got to go in and they got to start fast. Uh, the last couple of weeks uh, against Tampa Bay, they started fast. They put points up in the first quarter. They put points up on the first quarter against the Lions, uh, scored a touchdown. So I think it's imperative that if the Panthers are going to have success and go up and beat them. Uh, I know the record, again, doesn't show it, but uh, Zimmerman, he's a real good coach. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, he he can't get the job done. I just say that, you know, he's a pro. So <laughs> I never try to talk about nobody, but, um, you know, he is a capable quarterback. But I think the defense should be able to handle uh, Kirk Cousins. But Cook is the one that I'm kind of concerned about. You know, the run mm-hmm. game, the Panthers did a real good job. But Davon Cook, you know, he's a real good running back. And if they can slow that running game down and, you know, DJ Moore uh, just stay consistent, had all big games like he had last week against the Lions. And uh, Robbie Anderson, you know, he's going to do what he does. Uh, again, he's top receivers. And then you got Curtis Samuel. So whoever starts at quarterback, I feel comfortable that they're going to build off of uh, last week's Lions game. But to come into Minnesota – and beat them, I think that'll be a huge uh, task, but I think it's a capable task because both teams, like you mentioned earlier in this podcast, they still have hopes of making the playoffs. So you know the Vikings, they are going to turn it around. They had a bad showing against the Cowboys, so you know Zimmerman, he's not going to let that team go back-to-back bad games because his job is on the line. So not just the players, but coaches' jobs on the line. So I expect the Vikings to come out, man, kicking on all cylinders, uh, even if they don't have the top receiver in, even if they don't have this and that. They're going to have a meeting, just like the Panthers had. They're going to have that team meeting, and guys going to say, hey, look, on the Vikings team, we got to step our game up. So I expect the Vikings to bring their A game, and I think it's going to be a pretty good game for the Panther fans. It's going to be a pretty good game for the uh, Panthers team to see where we are. I agree 100% with everything you just said. Um, I think Dalvin Cook is the key. Um, If they can follow the same blueprint they did last Sunday against the Lions, basically get the running game totally out of the game plan and put it on the arm of the quarterback that you're defending against. Last week it was Matthew Stafford. This week it's Kirk Cousins. Uh, To be honest, I was more worried about Matthew Stafford carving us up than I am Kirk Cousins, even though Kirk has turned his season around. uh, But he can throw some interceptions. Again, he threw 10 interceptions in the first six games the Vikings played, and they went one and five. So he can be confused. He can be had. uh, And everybody knows the whole thing about uh, Kirk Cousins. I haven't checked the stat before, but when he first got to Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, he had never defeated a team that was above 500 or something like that. So it was some weird, crazy stat. I think he's done that since then or had a couple of them since then. But it was really weird that he was able to to secure such a a large bag (laughs) with that kind of uh, weird stat attached to his name. But if we can put it in his hands, make him try to beat us, especially if he didn't have one of his top wide receivers and Adam Thielen, it could be a long day for the Vikings. I'm kind of expecting – Pretty much the same type of game that we've seen from the Panthers through most of the year, uh, a back-and-forth type game. Keep Dalvin Cook under 100 yards rushing. That'll help out tremendously, preferably just get him out of the game entirely in terms of uh, game planning. And you touched on something that's super important that we've noticed throughout the season. When the Panthers score first or can carry a lead through most of the game, they play a lot better than if they can't get it going 
the other team scores first and then they're playing behind like the whole game. That's when they really do. Joe Brady does really start relying on uh, the passing game and they kind of get out of sorts and don't really pick up a rhythm. But the games the Panthers have won this year, they've jumped out early, scored first drive, second drive, scored a touchdown and basically just kind of kept the lead, which let the defense kind of pin their ears back and do what they want to do. And hopefully we can do that against the Vikings on Sunday. That's going to that's gonna end it for us for this week for Believe in the Panthers podcast. You can follow uh, myself, uh, Desmond Johnson, on Twitter at D-E-Z underscore 3505. Follow Tyrone Poole on Twitter at TyronePool38. And, of course, follow the Believe Podcast Network at Believe Podcast, where literally they have a podcast for pretty much every team, every sport, everything you can think of. I think I saw a Believe in Cooking show or something the other day. Uh, that they have on there. So they got a little bit of everything for everybody. So definitely follow uh, the Believe Podcast Networks on Twitter at Believe Podcast. Panthers, Vikings, 1 p.m. Fox Sunday kickoff. We'll be back next week to recap that and uh, maybe have a guest or somebody on next week since we'll be in a bye week. We'll, uh, we'll see what we do for you guys for there. But thank you guys for the support. We'll see you next week and keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.